You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's talk Super Bowl with a three-time Super Bowl champion, Randy Cross, the former NFL offensive lineman. Randy, thanks so much for coming back on the show. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How you doing, Stu? Hey, what's up, baby? How you been, man? It's good to hear from you. And, and of course, this is your time of year where you truly shine because you've been in a, a multitude <laughs> of these games. But when you look at these two teams uh, and, and see how, you know, how, let's just say, lopsided the quarterback position is, even though you see that that team in, in Philadelphia, I think defensively is about as good as it gets. Offensively, they're as creative as it gets because Doug Peterson does a phenomenal job. Do you think they have enough to go out and beat the GOAT that some would say is the GOAT? I won't say that to you because you play with one of the best, if not the best ever in Joe Montana. But do they have enough to beat this New England Patriots team? Um, I, I would like to say, yeah, they do. You know they've got the they've got the the running game and the wherewithal from that standpoint. I think they've got a very good offensive line that's had a had an excellent season. Um, you know, and Ertz's play at tight end has been absolutely critical to how they can move the ball. Um, and you know, who who wasn't impressed with the way that Nick Foles played? So if you can have another one of those kind of performances. I think if you believe you can do that back-to-back, yeah, you give Philadelphia a chance, better than, I guess, the odds makers give them. But, um, you know, you give them a good chance of, of pulling it off. I think that defense and that just the way they prepared and the way that they sort of assaulted Minnesota after that first drive. It's weird how many times we've seen that, though, isn't it? That, you know, big game like that, first team gets the ball, drives down, score a touchdown. And then they can't play dead after that. Philadelphia just completely took the air out of them and took that game away. Randy, I want to be totally transparent. I'm a Northern California guy, did radio and TV in San Francisco for 15 years. So I need you to be more objective than I am with my analysis. How would you compare your Niner dynasty and what you guys achieved to what the Patriots are currently doing? Because you're hearing this about New England. Their accomplishments might be slightly more impressive given the free agency and the salary cap. You know, given what they've done from 01, it's hard to argue that, you know, that's not as impressive as anything that anybody's ever done in the game. I'm a huge Belichick fan. I give him and the way that he's sort of made do and massaged that, both that staff and that organization, um, a world of credit. But, yeah, I mean, this is this is the church of what's happening now. I mean, this isn't what was. This is what either is or what's going to be. And, and what's currently going on, there's nobody that can even touch them. The only caveat I would move to present in this whole thing with the Patriots is their success is as much a credit to them as it is an indictment against the rest of the league. Because the rest of the league has got – they're doing the penguin walk for the last 15, 16 years. they got their pants around their ankles. Because Belichick's making the rest of them look foolish. Yeah, he is, because every time he plays plays against all the great ones, whether it's Ben Roethlisberger, whether it's Peyton Manning, whether it's Joe Flacco, I mean, he just really comes in and, and does a tremendous job. But give me, you know, the comparison thing is a big part of why guys get drafted so early, because they like to match him up to a, another player like this kid, mm-hmm. uh, Baker Mayfield. They like to say he's the he's the next either Case Keenum or uh, the next kid, Russell Wilson, out of Seattle. But give me your take on Joe Montana and Tom Brady, and how much alike are they? Well, I think part of what 
Tom has become as a quarterback is based on what he saw growing up. And I, I know when I first, you know, started watching him, I did their preseason by about for about ten years. Um, you know, basically from '01 to '11 or so. And you know, you watch him throw, or you watch the rhythm with which that offense is executed. It's eerily similar to the way that you know Joe ran Bill Walsh's offense. I mean, it was just very much alike. Um, the difference being, you know, there's always different coordinators, but, you know, the, the head coach is always the same. And I think in that, that's when I think Belichick doesn't get enough credit because I think for as many different people as they've had running that offense, I think the bottom line is he, uh, Belichick has a lot of input on how a guy like Brady has learned and how he's played. Because just think of the advantage of having, and you had that for some too, Cordell. You know, you've got a head coach and you've got coaches around you that are, legitimately defensive guys, and I mean really smart defensive guys, you know, you can pick those brains about going against other defenses, and you get tips and you get things that other guys don't get. So I think that combination of what he's gotten from Belichick and just the fact that, you know, he knew what great looked like, I think, before he even had an idea that he could be that good. Randy Cross is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Randy, as a Niner great, you have to love what Jimmy Garoppolo has done in the Bay Area. But from the Patriot point of view, why do you think Belichick gave him away for merely a second-round pick? Well, I mean, really, realistically, and I've heard people write about a, a, a gazillion different series about this, but, you know, are you really going to get more from a guy that's basically a free agent? Uh, are you really going to offer a guy... million a year, you know, that they allegedly did. Um, Are you going to franchise your backup quarterback? Um, Even with the cap going up the way it has, you can't, you can't afford to do that. That's just not, that's not realistic. I, I think what they did is they've got a really good value from a team that had the extra picks to, to give them a, a really nice pick in the second round for this coming, you know, this May draft that they can get a, a guy that can be there for a while. I mean, no, no telling. They might even be able to draft a quarterback in that slot. Randy, it's very rare when you have a, a player come from another organization at the time in which Jimmy Garoppolo did to San Francisco. And when watching the other quarterbacks in Bethard and Brian Hoyer, you saw a little bit of anxiety in their drops when it came down to dropping back and throwing the football. But when you saw Jimmy Garoppolo, it seemed as rhythmic as it could get, as if he's been around for maybe a year to two years within his Kyle Shanahan's offense. How good is that? Or, or is that coming from the Josh McDaniels of the world and how they taught him how to be a quarterback? Or that's just who he is? Because it seemed like he's been around there for some time. Yeah. Hey, and I mean, Cordell, you know about the rhythm in the passing game and you know a lot more than I do. But being around it, you know, around a guy like Bill Walsh, it was all about the attention to detail and the footwork and the steps. And, you know, receiver takes X amount of steps while the quarterback takes X amount of steps. That foot goes in the ground and that ball's out. Sorry, you can't stop it. And when, and when offensive football is executed the right way with that kind of timing, um, it's, it is D- indeed almost impossible to stop. And, and he was raised you know, with that Patriot offense around a guy like Brady, with exactly that. I mean, come and he comes to San Francisco, and he's already in a situation where the guy that's calling the plays likes that style, 
and they're almost able to, in a pretty short order, kind of share a brain when you're talking about calling plays and, and execution, you know, that's as, that's as much as you could ask for, I, I would think, on both sides of that equation between the, the coach, the front office, and, and the player. Randy, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Always a pleasure. Finally, since you are a deserving member of the College Football Hall of Fame, what's it going to take to get our friend Cordell Stewart into that hall? Because we both know he threw one of the greatest Hail Mary passes in the history of college football. <laughs> I tell you what, it's a, it's a heck of a criteria um, you know, for that hall. And it takes a while. I tell people all the time, you know, my last game was New Year's Day 1976. I got in... Uh, my, I was inducted in July of 2011. So I'd like to say it's a long process, and I'd like to say I'm patient. And I'd like to say <laughs> both of those are true. So you're saying there's a chance for Cordell. He just got to I'm hang saying in there. there's a chance. <laughs> All right, Randy. Well, he's, Heisel, he's, he's got new Heisel's vote. I know that. That's my man. You know it. <laughs> Thank you, Randy. My pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.